With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 375 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined as always by my mainest man. I don't know why I say always anymore. I've got to find a way to actually describe when and the frequency in which we get predominantly joined. We are predominantly joined. More often than not, you are here, but there are times you are not here. So It's probably been like... 368 out of 375 shows. No chance. Um, but a high percentage, certainly over half, which means predominantly uh, would apply. We have Stephen Kyle Bracky. He is here. He's joined by the Eagle and the Bronco, two majestic animals. And to my left, the wrestling nomad, Danny Roy Lobdell Jr., the wrestling nomad. Howdy. Follow him on Twitter, Instagram, and Napster? You have a Napster account? Yes, big old <laughs> Napster account. Follow him on Napster <laughs> at at Wrestling Nomad. Come at on. Wrestling Nomad. Duh. Yep. So that's you his. know why they call it the Napster? Why? Because he was napping when he made it. Wow. But yeah. That's not true. When he thought of it. When he thought of it. Yeah. Totally untrue. Okay. Beat the streets. It's amazing every year, and it was amazing this year, but I feel like. The biggest thing coming out of it, well, there's two biggest things. I think Yanni beating the number one guy in the world. The, the reason I'm not like, that's the biggest thing, I actually thought he was going to. And I yeah. think you thought he was going to. I think a lot of us, it wasn't just like, we love America. It was like, no, I really thought he was going to win. I think a lot of people did and gave him a good shot. I think, yeah, I think there are international guys that will match up more difficultly for Yanni. But I think Bajrang's one there. Um, it makes a lot of sense, and it kind of the style worked for him. But David Taylor suffers an injury to which the degree we don't yet know, but we can hypothesize that it's pretty serious. I do know that the next morning David um, flew to Colorado Springs, the OTC, to be evaluated by those doctors. So obviously really serious, and, you know, 
in the first early exchange. And, and, and the, there's so many things that make that strange. One, David Taylor's, like, never been hurt ever, like, in a serious way that caused him to miss any amount of time. That we in, know about, yeah. In wrestling. Well, I mean, he's, he's never missed anything. Yeah. He just wrestles. I mean, four years, he never missed a duel in college. To my knowledge, he never got hurt in high school. And then since then, he's been at everything he was going to wrestle at, he's wrestled at and wrestled throughout it. I was wondering about that. It Was he ever possibly hurt? I mean, obviously not to the point where he couldn't wrestle, but like where he was battling through injuries and we yes. just never knew about it because he just continued to, his, to go. And that was, that, was, that, was just his, um, that was just his nature, right? Like, I'm just going to wrestle through it. Yeah, so his sophomore year... Uh, everyone remembers this match because he beat Brandon Hatchett like eight two or something, or he didn't beat him badly. He had he was battling ribs, uh, rib injury. I'm pretty sure at that point in the year. But beyond that, he's never had like knee or shoulder issues to uh, any real degree. So he gets in one scramble. Foster gets in on a single leg, and they're rolling around. He's doing far ankle stuff, and then boom, and it's bad right away. And you can tell uh, David screams out, and I, I couldn't believe when he tried to wrestle afterwards that was really it was actually like really encouraging i was like well they can feel the integrity of the knee and know hey is it all right well you can give it a shot it's you know your knees intact but man i don't i don't know how much to actually make of that but then he wrestles for like five seconds and then has to default he could hardly move and uh overall uh really unfortunate willie your, your thoughts on that and the taylor injury in general well, I watched it. I watched it a, a gang of times uh, last night, over and over again. And I mean, <clears throat> they were they were definitely in a funky position, but it doesn't look like probably the worst position that he's ever been in. It didn't look like like I'm sure in the room and in practice he's been in funkier situations with his legs all rolled up and stuff. So, I mean, maybe I'm looking to be optimistic here, but um, I don't know. I don't know how much you can tell by, I mean, I watched Kevin uh, uh, Durant last night. I don't know, perhaps rupture his Achilles on nothing. He didn't, nobody touched him. Nothing happened. Um, So sometimes injuries are freaky that way. I guess we're just going to speculate until we know. Uh, Certainly hope that things are okay. And, you know, immediately when it happened, um, I was like, here we go. Here here comes people complaining. People are going to say he shouldn't have been wrestling at a charity event. He shouldn't have been wrestling. And it, it, it wasn't that bad, but there were a couple people that, that did it. I mean, my stance is, I don't know, you put you put a thousand hours in the wrestling room and grueling practices and all kinds of things uh, to wrestle a six-minute match and you're probably more likely to get injured in practice than you are in a match. Um, I, I don't think you can place blame. I mean, I don't think you can place blame on David. or It's certainly not beat the streets or flow wrestling, right? Well, I mean, it's the interesting thing about it, or where I, I just disagree, the idea that, oh, well, this was meaningless, this meant nothing, or this, I mean... If it was meaningless, why'd he do it? If it meant nothing to him. It, it meant something to wrestle at Beat the Streets. It means something to be a part of an event that does something that help ki- helps kids. Does it lead to a world title? No, but is that the only... I mean, th- it kind of goes back to the thing we were talking about all season long. Like, 
you wrestle wrestlers wrestle matches, right? This is the thing you do, right? And when guys were ducking matches back then, it was kind of like, man, this is not good. I mean, this is what happens. Yeah, you can risk injury, risk injury. I mean, Spencer Lee, he tore his ACL in in a practice, right? His senior year of high school. All these, there's so many injuries. Kyle Day has been injured in practice. All these things happen. They can happen in practice. So should we not practice anymore either? Because there's risk and there's yeah. no there's no financial gain for wrestling in practice. But it's this is the sport they've chosen, and everyone knows. And, yeah. and hold on, hold on. Does is it a is it a did it dawn on some people only after David got injured that you can get injured in wrestling matches? Is that a new thing that occurred to people? Was that a surprise to you that injury is possible in wrestling matches, including charity charity matches? Right. That that should not be a dawning. It certainly didn't dawn on David Taylor. David knows the risks, and it is not being. Uh, I, I certainly, you know, I tweeted as much. It was, you know, you're sick to your stomach because you know David Taylor has wanted to be a world and Olympic champion. And if this is serious, if this is a torn ACL, I'll just give you the timeline. Okay, he he'll have surgery soon, and I'm not saying it is a torn ACL, but let's just if it is, he he's not he's gonna be off the mat till like February, and Olympic trials are in April. Right, mm-hmm. that that is not that is what really sat in my stomach, and that's why I was like, man, this is just derailing that potentially, right? And he, if Jaden Cox comes down, it's it's not going to be like it is this year. This year, the path to making the team for David is a little more simple. But if Jaden comes down or if Bo Nickel comes down, it's a it's going to be a lot more hard, and he's going to have to be really, really ready to make that team. So that's why I was particularly bummed out and you hate to see injury from anyone for anything in any match and yes well, I, 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 I can appreciate that no this match does nothing beating drew foster means nothing for david taylor's senior senior level career i i can't appreciate that and it's an ultimate kind of like it's a little more i don't know if ironic but a little more sad that it, it did happen in a match it didn't happen in the world team trials finals right it happened in something that he could have declined and it wouldn't have impacted his long-term goals. So I, I can appreciate that. Sure. Yeah. I just, I knew people were going to, some people were going to say that, uh, these guys shouldn't be doing it. And, and there it was right on cue, but, uh, it was more, it was more muted than I thought it was, but I think something to take away from David too, uh, or, or something maybe, um, that I think is very readily apparent when you watch him and listen to him, um, and it's it's a weird thing in wrestling, man. In that David loves to compete. David likes to wrestle, and that may sound obvious or like duh, you know. Some of these guys, I'm not sure if they like it. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I think some of them. I think they do it because that's what they've been doing, and that's what they did their whole life, and. That's what you're going to keep doing. So, I mean, some guys, and it's indisputed, indisputable based on their own actions. Um, I don't know if you like competing because guess what? If you don't have to compete, you often don't. I think a lot of these college guys would be like, hey, well, put me in the – I'll just – if I'm there for the conference tournament, that's all that really matters, right? Yeah. Um, so, but not, you know, not guys like David – I mean, guys like Jordan Burroughs been every at every Beat the Streets event. David, you know, David went to um, 
what do you go to Regan last year? He goes to rankings events. Um, you know, some guys just really like to compete. And I think that if anybody is, if anybody is playing Monday morning quarterback and saying, okay, that's why you don't go. Or David, what were you thinking? There's a big year for you. Or like, he's living his life. He, he grew He loves to wrestle. Yeah, exactly right. And yeah, I think you said it well. The thing for me that, um, there, there's two thoughts that really went through my mind. Number one is when, because we, we just talked about it, when guys have never been injured before, what, what I'm concerned about is David losing his competitive edge. And by that I mean, can I go all out? Will my knee be okay? Whether he's gone for a week or whether he's gone for a year, the that thought in the back of your mind, and, and David's a professional, right, and he's been doing this his whole life, so he, he might not be one that that comes to, but we, we've seen it at every level for guys of, of, of all skill levels. When they come back from injury, where are they at mentally, and how long does that mental recovery of, I can, I can go all out, I can do all the things that I once did, and I'm 100% fine. Uh, and then the second thing, to, to Willie's point about loving to compete, I mean, David, whenever, whenever David's competing, he goes, he, you know, make sure to tell his fans, I'll be here. This is how you watch it. This is the time. I'm doing it for this reason. I'm going for, for this title. I'm doing it for this, you know, these ranking points. Uh, and, and then the third thing, it, it also illustrates the importance of taking care of yourself outside the mat, right? David has, David's probably second or third most popular wrestler in America, right? Snyder and Burroughs up there. And, has done well in terms of endorsements and, and has, you know, M2 and, and his, his wife has, has a, a, right, a store. So they, the point is like, I hope these senior level guys are kind of looking at David and, and, and learning from all the, the ways that they can take care of themselves off the mat too, in case things like this happen that we don't want anyone to have. We want everyone to have long and injury free careers. Yeah, well, so you the- know, look at, you talk about the, the nomad, you bring up, the reaction to an injury. I mean, Kyle Dake got injured a couple times and he is now like maniacal about doing every little thing. Right. Um, and so I, I, I think it helped him in a good way. Cause he's in a very great, a very good place, but you're right that sometimes when people get injured, they, I don't want to say get spooked, but you know, it's a, it's, they have to process it up here too. Mm-hmm. So as far as uh, you used the word process, the process for David, um, he has up until 48 hours before Final X Rutgers to request for a delayed wrestle-off. Now, I don't think uh, or I hope he wouldn't wait that long to make that decision. It seems like he will know the gravity of the injury at this point and should be able to make that, hey, I'm going to need a delayed wrestle-off here. Um, or, you know, maybe it's something where he says, I, no can do, not can go. Or maybe he'll say, I can wrestle at Final X. That would be the best thing. Sure. But I, it just doesn't seem like that's going to be possible at this point. And we'll see a delayed wrestle-off. Where that would happen, we never really know. But we always prognosticate that it would be at Fargo. Just because it's at then. That's where they did Marable. That's where they did uh, Dayton's Junior World Team wrestle-off last year. So That would still be two months before... Worlds because Fargo's in July, Worlds is in September, so it would still give him a long enough training period. Yeah. You and you have until the like some right before they leave for acclimation camp to do it. So theoretically, mm-hmm. they could do the rest. This would not be ideal, 
I guess it wouldn't be ideal. Maybe it would be okay. But you could do it in September or like late August, yeah. theoretically. Uh, Somebody brought up the point that, you know, Helen did her wrestle off at who's, who's number, number one, one, which was two weeks before uh, Worlds last year. Yeah. Again, like CP said, that wouldn't be ideal. But like that's how far into the timeline you're looking at as far as acclimation camp. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty wild. Um, okay. So that was that was David Taylor. I think we discussed that enough. Certainly more to come there. Yanni does it again. The match of the whole freaking thing. It was the one we were the most excited about in terms of this matchup could be really interesting. And he comes out and some of the I rewatched the second period again and some of the scoring really kind of confused me how it was called. I didn't want to. I didn't want to go there right away, but yeah. Right, I didn't want to overshadow the the what was a great match by the scoring, and I don't know that the score. Or I don't know that the points that were awarded. I don't know if it would have made a difference, but it was it was odd, was it not? Like hard, like there was some, you had to you had to watch it a couple of times. I th- I think yeah, there were a couple of things where I thought, man, I thought Badrang should have gotten two, and then some where I thought he should have just gotten one, and some where Yanni was, but. I th- the ending sequence, but ultimately, I feel like the better guy won. The guy that I think scored more <laughs> points won. Uh, but it was it was a great match and one where we saw Yanni living on Bajrang's legs. He got in so many times, and sometimes he scored. Sometimes he gave up a uh, a chest wrap, but by and large, he was able to get to legs. And it seemed like Bajrang was almost leaving him open. I mean, he was getting in so easily, so easily, especially in the second period. I don't know if Bajrang was actually. I think he might have been feeling it a little bit. At least he his his positional discipline wasn't there in the second period. Did you watch the the video that UW did before? No, like I didn't get to watch it yet. I want to. So I, I liked it, and, and UW's been doing a lot of them. They did one for Sedge Live. Go go check this out. Anyway, he says like his biggest um, liability is his leg defense, and uh, Yogeshwar uh, Dutt, who is. Indian legend and a guy who Bajrang looks up to and not quite his personal coach, but a guy, a guy who he trains with frequently. He's like, I need to get to Dutt's level of leg defense to do the things that I want to do, right? Which means world and Olympic titles. And I think we saw that here. And I, I saw that when I was watching film of him beforehand, when you're talking about Asian championships, uh, Aliyev world championships, because look, Bajrang wrestles everywhere too. Um, and Yanni was aware of that. Yanni knew like, I need to – if I get to my offense, I'm going to be fine because I'm not worried about his pace. Or at least Yanni himself said he's not worried about his pace. And he knew that and got to it. But to your point, he um, put himself in danger a couple times. I didn't know this, but I was, I was back uh, doing, doing interviews, you know. So it was this room where it was the work – they were warm-up area and also where they brought him back for a mix zone for the interviews. And um, I said to Donnie Pritzloff – I'm like, who's who's cornering, who's cornering Bajrang? And he said his name. He said the guy's a Georgian, and he said that Bajrang like trains with the Russians and Georgians like almost exclusively. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, not exclusively, but more time that he spends in India. And um, I didn't I didn't know that. That was surprising to me. So, um, but but yeah, I think that. You would think his level of defense would pick up if he's working with those in rush all the time because, I mean, they shoot a lot. Yeah. yeah. His coach is Georgian, though. Well, that's, that's correct. 
so ultimately, Yanni, maybe the hottest wrestler in the world right now in terms of what he's been able to do the last couple weeks, winning the U.S. Open, beating the world number one. He's now sitting out to final X. And, and I, I just keep thinking about when, when Thomas Gilman talked about his run in, in 2017. When you just get on a roll like that and it keeps rolling, it's hard to slow it down. Like he had all this momentum from trials, and then he goes and he makes, uh, he gets world silver. And I kind of wonder if we're seeing something similar with Yanni here, where he's just rolling right now. And I don't know mm -hmm. if there's anyone that's that much better than him right now domestically that that could derail. There's only one, and there's only one person that will that he ultimately has to beat, and whether it's Zane or Frank or Jo or whoever emerges at 65, you know, they're they're going to be going against a guy that's super that's confident. That's a crazy thing about wrestling, man, is, you know, and we're starting to have such depth, whether it's at the college level or our Olympic ladder or world team ladder. Um, I mean, Yanni's great. We all know he's great, right? We all know he's good. But could you have predicted a guy that's in these tight affairs with Joey, who didn't qualify now for the trials, hmm. and Ironman, a month and a half ago, and now he's beaten. I mean, now he's just. I mean, what I'm At saying least... is, if you're if you're that good and you get on a roll like he's getting on a roll, <laughs> things can change quickly. Well, think think about think about Kyle Snyder's run. Not only did he not win, not only was he pinned in the NCAA finals, he lost to Nathan Burak and Morgan McIntosh that year. Okay, second semester yeah. that happened. He lost to Kevin Gadsden twice that year. Okay. Within a month of losing to Gadsden, he beat Varner. And then eventually he beat him again and made the team. And then he won Worlds. He beat Kadisov. So at least we can say we've seen it before, right, with, a, with another transcendent guy. And I, I don't know why or how it can happen. How does Nathan Burak beat Kyle Snyder three months before he wins Worlds? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why or how. All I know is maybe it says one – a couple things. There's a lot of really, really good wrestlers in America that can push our guys. I mm -hmm. think that's definitely mm -hmm. true. And I think it says that these supreme talents are not that they're they're different in freestyle, right? And and I think maybe the lesson is in freestyle, the better guys win more often than whereas in, in folk style things can be a little bit closer, like with Ironman, like with McKenna. Do you think I don't think this is the case, but I, I, I pose it to you. Do you think there's anything – do you think it's Yanni just getting hot at the right moment or, or like, really hitting his stride at the right moment? I don't want to say getting hot because he's always really good. But um, do you, or do you think there's anything to the fact that, one, Yanni already won an NCAA title, so he wasn't that – jazz to win a second one or two that he just simply likes freestyle more well he certainly does like freestyle more yeah. He's, he said as much that's not a mystery um yeah it's, is there a motivation thing going on during that i don't know i i don't think it was that i think he came back late in the season he wasn't great for a long time he, he didn't look like yanni for a while um there were a couple matches in there where were like whoa what's going on here i don't think it was motivation i think it was it was it trusting the knee was it he wasn't in great shape yet was it there's a variety of reasons but i think you know post acl remember a year ago he was just 
he had ACL surgery, right? Yeah. So the fact that he's this far advanced, I, I think you're just seeing he's just more healthy. He's just in better shape. He's yeah. just been able to, to wrestle more. So that's what I would attribute it to. I put a lot of eggs in the, the health basket. Not that Yanni was – like, I, look, he won NCAAs, right? So he obviously wasn't broken. But not getting a preseason, a true preseason, mm-hmm. then having to make weight 25 times – and I don't, like, I don't think the the weight itself is terrible for Yanni, but it's like I didn't get a preseason. My knees banged up. I'm the defending champ, so everybody's giving me their best effort. And the I, weight I, is a thing. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm not saying it's not a thing. No, I know you're not, it's, but I'm saying like it's not easy. It's not easy, right? For him. Twenty, yeah, twenty five times, right? And and I think that that month off, uh, or not month off, but that month break to reset, go. Ha, okay, this is the style I like more. This is the this is now I only have to weigh in probably six times over the course of six months or you well, know, eight times over the course of six thing. months as opposed to seventeen weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. I just think it sure. reset him and allowed him to to get back to what makes him great. Reset is probably a good word. I'll tell you this though too. Uh I think it's pretty obvious for everybody to see that he has matured physically rather quickly. Has he not? I mean, he looks—he looks really good size, like yeah. really healthy for the weight. And- I do think he looks big. I think he looks big and strong. Um, it, it's possible he was a always a little are- more, a little more physically developed than we realize too. Now that seeing him, because we hadn't seen him against the senior level dudes. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's like year over year like a vastly improved wrestler. It may be, maybe he is, but I, I think maybe he's been at this level physically. We just didn't realize it because we hadn't seen him against the grown men yet yeah I, I don't know it seems like he's matured a little physically but uh, yeah. a couple other things i wanted to share from back there in the in the warm-up room um that i thought were interesting one was that bajrang was like dejected like bajrang was in a state of disbelief that he lost he, he was he like could not believe it really i mean so uh I mean, I think that's important. I think it's important to say, yeah, he, he gave Yachty what he had, you know? I mean, he really wanted to win that match. And the second thing um, was that the the, the Georgian coach, Bajrang's coach, um, he was kind of joking and smiling about it, but still, you know, semi-serious. Um, he goes, too many weights, too many weights. And, and like when Yachty's about to do his interview, and uh, at first, I didn't register. I'm like, wait, J- Yanni, Yanni lifts too much weights. So I don't know what you're saying. And then I'm like, oh, I know what he's talking about. The blood timeouts. There's too many weight, too many mm. wait times. And but see, and I and I know that plays into you know when you have a great motor, when you have, you have a great gas tank, you don't want any stoppages. I mean, Yanni during his interview, there's blood pouring out of his nose. I mean, they you know. Um, but that being said, I don't think that I don't think that it really played into it. Do you? Do you think Yanni was fading at all? It's funny. I uh, Yanni's dad is is awesome, awesome guy, and he's always like, um, he doesn't ever get too high about Yanni. Like yeah. He's awesome dad, very proud father. But you know, talk to him after he's like, you know, I think those. He's like, I think the blood times helped him. I think the blood times helped him. So <laughs> he, he's always kind of like fun. So I think. Um, they think it did. I don't know, man. I do think Yanni was a little tired, but that doesn't mean he wouldn't have persevered through it. Um, 
know, maybe it was a thing, maybe not, but I, I didn't, I don't think that's why he won. I want to read. So again, it's Google Translate, but uh, that's a, that's actually a good thing. Yeah, the, the Google Translate of anything foreign wrestling writing is great. <laughs> so his coach uh, talked to to Restag after the match um, and said. Uh, where does it start? Uh, judging was not important. Uh, already at the beginning, the arbitrators began to behave oddly, awarding the earned two points to Bajrang by his rival, which was just the scoreboard operator screwed up and put a four on the board when it should have been a two. There, there was no funny business there. This isn't Russia. I was really ticked but, off about the arbitrators. <laughs> but I managed to challenge this decision, and then there were pauses. The American renders medical assistance, then the carpet is wiped. All rivals of Bajrang, knowing that they would not sustain his pace, use the slightest opportunity to take a breather. The judges should not allow this, and here they clearly tried to help their compatriot, but we are not very upset. Bajrang has not lost for a long time, and I think this defeat will benefit him. Let him learn to win in all circumstances. So that, that, that shows me a couple things. One, Willie's right. They absolutely were upset, and, and Yai knew that going in that, like, Bajrang's taking this seriously. This is not seriously. So, so, yeah. Sometimes when when there's a beat the streets or or uh, 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 some sort of exhibition, the guys don't always take it as seriously as we see them, you know, later on, which is fine, because um, it's right. It's it's in May, but Bajrang was taking this very seriously. But look, Bajrang might have been tired too. He wrestled in Asia, uh, you know, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and then Dagestan a few days before this. He landed at midnight on Saturday. Then wrestled. They made Yanni weigh in twice. They so, did? Yeah. They made him weigh in twice? Yes. What? Yeah. That was, that was the second thing that went through my head. And I, That's I'm sure it has weights. nothing to do with nothing. But when he said too many weights, too many weights, I'm like, Yanni lifts too much? And then I was like, did, was there an allowance that Bazrang didn't like? I, I, I mean, think, that wasn't the case, oh, right? Oh, okay. So here's – this is interesting. Yanni did – do a satellite weigh-in. And they didn't trust it. On Sunday. Because uh-huh. it was Cornell's banquet. So he was not there for actual weigh-ins. So uh, honor system on that one. And then I guess there maybe there was a stipulation, hey, you got to be – you can only be so many kilos over on the day of maybe. Maybe that's what that means. I don't know. Do you know anything, Stephen Kyle? No, I think no man does. They made him weigh-in again at the banquet. Oh, at the banquet. Yes. So he made wait twice that day? Yes. What? That makes no sense. Very strange. So anyway, they're taking this very seriously. Bajrang does have a tremendous pace. I don't think it came into play in this match or I, I think I think if there was no blood times, Yanni still would have won. I understand that late in the match he gave up points, but I don't I, I don't know if that's necessarily Tired his point. tiredness as much as just he put himself in bad positions. Now you could say you know, mentally or physically tired, you're more likely to put yourself in bad positions. So I, I could get down with that. But I just think if, if they wrestle again, the match will go kind of similarly. It will be close. Um, and I think that Yanni will make the necessary adjustments. But Bajrang will, will – be, I don't think Yanni will ever be able to blow out Bajrang. I think Bajrang's too good. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if, if Yanni's quite, you know, there right now to blow guys out that are world level. i tell you what, though. I mean, he's right at number one in the world and he takes a loss. I mean, there was a lot to like about what Bajrang... First of all, Americans, I think, do like... Like, the hardcore guys like Bajrang and appreciate him. And I think that if more Americans... I think he's probably more Americans will start liking him now that they got to see him here. Um, But he also is like David Taylor. Guy loves to compete. He competes everywhere. Um, And... 
I think he took. I think there was really good takeaways from him. There was that one shot. Christian actually on the call. You called it. You were like, "Now Bajrang likes this little wrap tie uh, right here," and then boom, he hit it and super clean. I mean, you don't see Yanni taken down cleanly. It was straight to finish. Yeah, it was a really nice shot. Uh, he, he does that. He did that to does that to a lot of guys. Sometimes he times it so perfectly they fall yeah. down. So a couple, couple more things then because I know we got still a lot to talk about. But apparently he's going to be competing three more times before Worlds. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Dogu, <laughs> which is in July, uh, like the tw- or, yeah, like the 12th-ish of June, actually, I think. Um, Poland or Medved, so. Um, not both? <laughs> no, not both. And then is Indian Trials. He's not trials. going to clip and open? <laughs> no. Then Indian Trials and then and then Worlds. So we're, we're going we're gonna to see him a lot more. And then as as far as if Yanni wins at Final X, I don't think he's going to get a chance to face a Russian, which will probably be Chikayev or Rashidov. And I think one of those two is, is the best guy right now. Yeah. But I do think he could get a chance, again, if he wins Final X, to face uh, Valdez, the Cuban, Valdez Tobier at Pan Am Games, Ooh, who has won bronze the last two years and I think is one of the unquestionably one of the best guys in the world and a guy uh, a guy of the caliber that Yanni or any of our guys will have to beat to win a world title. That guy year. two day weigh-ins is crazy. He can make 65. He is. He was big yeah. at 70. Yeah. When it was day before. <laughs> yeah, day, be he was big at 70 day before. Facts. Uh, we're going to send, we're going to send guys a Dogu. Uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I, I mean, do those, you think don't they, Yanni don't Russians help? often go to Yasser Dogu? Mm, no. They're going to be in Poland, though. We should cordially invite them. Russia, we invite you to come to Yasser Dogu. <laughs> now i got to look up Dogu real quick because I'm, I'm annoyed that I can't remember I like the, remember the coach said, yeah, the calls weren't fair and they gave the wrong points and they gave him, we're, all, these extra, cool, they gave him all these extra timeouts and that's why we lost. But, but I'm not mad. We're not mad. Whole, <laughs> I'm uh, mad about it. The whole blood time reminds it. me of uh, Vegas. When Tom Ryan was mad because Ashnault had that bloody nose in the <laughs> yeah. finals. <laughs> that was good. Tell that story. Uh, he's uh, Ashnault started bleeding. You know, he was up like, was it 12-0? Yeah. Micah, a, a and then Micah starts coming back, and then he had a bloody nose. And so they stop it, and Tom Ryan's like, what's going on here? And <laughs> off like, looks over at Ryan. He's like, he's got a bloody nose, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? He's like, what do you want us to do? And then Goodell's like, you want to clean up quick? All right, we'll clean up quick. <laughs> <laughs> that was an all-time story. Okay, so Yasser Hey, Dogu, pretty good night for them, by the way. Oh, yeah. Rutgers, I mean, they had the Aragona, Ashnault wrestled pretty well the second period, and Nick won. Those guys were happy. Yasser Dogu, July 11th, 14th. That's a uh, ranking series that's a month after Final X, so I imagine we see you guys there. And we're definitely going to see our Olympic weights at Pan Am Games August 7th to 10th, so I imagine those will be the two things the world teamers will do prior to... Um, prior to Worlds in September. But I'm down to talk about Rutgers if you guys want to. Well, we can get to them. Um, let's let's transition right now to uh, to Nikki, Nikki Freestyle, Nick Soriano. Got the win over Joe Cologne. We thought it would be – I think everyone here thought this would be a match. I don't think anyone here predicted a, a blowout or even necessarily a Cologne win. I don't know if we ever did our final he, predictions. He uh, said something in an interview, like some somebody from – Predicted him to lose I think, by a lot. I think he was thinking Fretwell. He's thinking of Fretwell because that was in my story. 
Um, the bet I, I made for some oh, fried yeah. chicken with Cliff Fretwell, who's, who was adamant that he would be tech fallen. Um, well, Cologne's his boy. I know, but it's, it's, if he said he was gonna, Cologne was going to win, it would be one thing, but it's like to be so sure that he was going to tech fall someone as good well, as Nick Suriano. Well, what I'm saying is Nick Suriano probably doesn't know that, like, that's his boy, right? Like, oh, it's all oh, yeah. pick. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and Fretwell ain't on the payroll, uh, even though he's OG, yeah. the Oest of G's. Um, so it was, you know, as far as that match goes, I guess I'm watching it. I'm not, like, particularly bored, but um, apparently the, the Internet was, uh, was bored with Nick's performance and Joe's, I suppose, in there. But I think Nick did what he had to do. I, I think I will say this. If, if, if Nick is going to pursue freestyle, he's going to have to make adjustments on his hands-to-the-face behavior. Oh, there was only it, one or two or seven. It was it was insane. But it was one of those things where, you know, until he's really actually punished for it, he's not going to stop doing it because it's you – know. Well, it's sort of role reversal now, right? Uh, it used to be you put your hands in the face and – Folk style, they'll just, eh, it's not a big deal. In freestyle, they would always go, eh, you know, stop that. Don't do that. Now, he spent a whole year in, in college where they penalized anything near the face. He probably was like, oh, I can open up now. <laughs> and here's what, I didn't, here's what I didn't notice until Nomad put the video up. I had no I mean, obviously, I was watching. I was on the call. I had no idea that Cologne completely turned his head. I was like just fo focused on Nick. He looked. He did. It wasn't like a glance like this. He wrote like an owl rotated his skull. The wrong. <laughs> where are you going? Nick's right here. Joe. Nick's right here. Guys <laughs> frequently look at the clock. That was one of the more egregious ones. And and the reason I posted the video is it was the whole thing because Nick perfectly stopped the the step out. Where not even did his foot didn't even go like partially out where you kind of see like the half in half out like perfectly matadors him out circles back in waits for Joe to look shoots and you know when you look away it's a lot harder to stop shots yeah and I, I, I just don't <laughs> expert analysis there I don't well no it's like I don't know you gotta say it right and you know Cologne turned his head with it. I I wonder how much of of Suriano's pace impacts things there too is it something where is he looking at the clock because man he's tired how much more time do i have to go or is he looking at the clock because what's the score or who, who knows well, it, it was it was one one criteria was with nick right yes yes okay yeah because suriano went on the clock first suriano did a tremendous job of this is like to, to what downey was saying suriano did a tremendous job clearing out of cologne's underhooks he only really got in deep on it one like one time. One time. Yeah. He got his elbow and he had him towards the edge. He was a I mean it just shows how he got to it one time and he was working from it and he almost scored from it. That's how good Joe Cologne is from underhooks. But and, he was ready. And Suriano did take more leg attacks than Cologne also. So I I get the boring thing, but look, first of all, that's Suriano. Like Suriano's going to do what he needs to do to win. And if he feels that hey, I need to stay out of his underhooks, and I need to pick my spots here and be smart. That's what Suriano's going to do. That's what makes him so great. But sometimes that does lend itself to a lower-scoring match. And I think you just have to go in being like, sometimes Suriano is not going to be you know, firing off 
12, 15 leg attacks. Yeah. When he, when he but took I mean, that his shot. Defense, Go ahead, Will. His defense, his defense is just crazy. I mean, in retrospect, I mean, I'm watching the match and I'm, you know, I, I know that Nick Soriano has great defense, but I'm like, man. And I'm thinking about the NCAA. I'm like, maybe even during the NCAA season, I even underrated his defense. You know, why isn't this guy shooting more? Why isn't that guy? I mean, Michich only got in like once or twice in two matches. On I guess DeSanto got in a bunch, but I don't know. It made me rethink some other NCAA matches of his this year. What were you saying, Kyle? I was just really impressed that because when he got in on that shot, it's going right where Cologne is really good, and we've seen him score a lot of exposure points from right there. And for a guy like Nick, who doesn't wrestle freestyle a lot and isn't used to that feel, I mean, he just hung in there and just patiently finished. It was really impressive. Yeah, it, you're, you're exactly right. And, you know, what, all right, what would you say to Nick Suriano? You get on the leg, what do you need to do? You need to finish quick. He did not finish quick. He wasn't mm -hmm. able to finish quick. He, was, was he had to delay. go right into yeah. the wheelhouse of Joe Cologne. And he figured it out, and, and partially maybe you see why Nick was a little more reluctant on his tax. I think he he and and Dayton both, man, those guys let it go. They they've got such great leg attacks. They're, they have the ability to finish. They could let it fly more. And and what I think that would enable them to do, they wouldn't have to. They would be able to mess up some and, and give up counterpoints and through like it would be like almost nullfish or like they're through. Over time, more attempts is something like that Willie always said about Jordan Oliver. The more attacks you take, the more just things you make happen, wrestling positions, Nick Suriano and Dayton Fix are going to come out on top of those. So I think, and they're still very young in their careers if we actually have true perspective about it. And I think <laughs> it's something that they will definitely evolve. And, you know, Dayton saying that at the U.S. Open is like music to my ears. I'm like, this could be... This could be the, the start of something huge for him. Yeah, agree 100%. And I was thinking the same thing uh, over the past few days about them being young. I'm like, is it is it that they don't want to make a mistake, or is it just that? I mean, it's crazy to think that they don't have the reps to do it. But maybe uh, you know, Dayton's still only two years out of college, uh, high school. Nick's still only three years out of. At a, at a high school. I mean, these guys are still young. Yeah, they're puppies still. I, I want your opinion on something that Kyle Snyder said recently, which is, and it, it kind of made me rethink my whole perspective on these guys entering the Open. He said, in his opinion, you should not enter the Open as a college guy, like as, as a you know 19 to 21-year-old, if you're not ready to win it where you're not just going to get matches, you're not just going to get experience, you are going to Yanni Dayton, like, win it as, mm -hmm. or what he did, as still junior eligible, or a year out of junior eligible. Yeah. What do you, what do you guys think about that? Uh, um, I, yeah, I, because I agree with that completely, because there is such value in, I mean, look at the junior field. You're mm -hmm. going to get so much experience wrestling those guys, and if you can make a junior world team, that experience, I think, I mean, just look at the guys that are tearing it up right now. Look at Yanni, look at Kyle, look at Dayton, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think that them making those world teams and getting to go on those trips and go to those camps, do you know, I mean, how that probably accelerates? I remember Colin Moore 
they said that him getting to do that, if you look at Colmore's redshirt year, yeah. it was not great. If you look at his U.S. Open after his redshirt year, it was bad. At seventh. He got seventh. Then he makes the team. <laughs> then he's on. He's with Kyle, and he's on the junior world team. And he just accelerates. And then the next year, he was third at NCAAs and was amazing all year long. I mean, it's huge for those guys. So Kyle's absolutely right, and that's uh, why I, I completely agree. Those guys should be in the junior field unless you're a Yanni, a Dayton, uh, whoever. There's other examples. I uh... Well, there was – I mean, Dayton wrestled up – I, th- I think it's I think it's okay to wrestle up if you have the right mindset, you have the right um, like don't abandon your own age level for whatever reason. Maybe you think you're too good, or maybe I don't know. You think it's it's really neat to I don't know I'm going to do this. I, I, whatever the case, I mean Dayton wrestled up at the at the junior level at the Open the one year, and I think he beat Michich in the finals. He was still a cadet, and um, then he went. Then Mitchell beat him in the junior trials, and, and Dayton went back down and won the cadet trials. But uh, I, I think Kyle's right. Like those guys, the aforementioned guys, they went in there knowing they could win, wanting to win. I mean, Dayton went there last year, got second, and made the finals, right? Yeah. So it it just really changed my perspective because I'm always thinking about it from the lens of how are we going to beat Russia. And when I see the acceleration that their guys make in that approximate junior age from 18 to 21, where I see guys and I'm like, this guy was on their team or, you know, he wrestled at junior Euros or he was, you know, got a medal at their, their junior nationals. And then in a year or two, they're beating senior level guys, good senior level guys. I'm like, why are we not encouraging our juniors to, you know, if they can't win to get those reps against senior level guys. Cause I'm always like, why don't returning world medalists, um, get a buy to the junior trials finals so they can try their hand at, at seniors. And the one that sticks out for me this year would have been Aaron Brooks. Do I think Aaron Brooks could beat Alex Deeringer? No. Would I like to see him get more senior level reps? Absolutely. So that, that was where, where my head was at. That, but, but Snyder kind of made me rethink it. But I, I, I do think there's the, a development that we need to um, – that – our junior level guys, uh, I hope they, they can maintain that trajectory because that's that's how we're going to need to continue to beat yeah. Russia going forward. That's a perfect one. Uh, he's the guy that stuck out, stuck out when we're talking about this. Aaron Brooks, you think it's good, bad, or otherwise? Thoughts on him staying in his junior division? No, it's good. I'm glad we're – I think we're – Me too. Yeah, it's good that he did. Back to Soriano real quick. Uh, the speculation immediately turned to, well, what, is this guy going to make a run at trials? He's qualified because he won NCAs to wrestle at the World Team Trials. I think it's a possibility we see him in, in Raleigh. And I also think it's a possibility we see him down at 57. I don't know that for sure, but I know that's a consideration. I think Nick was super vague in my interview with him. Uh, he could, couldn't get a straight answer from as far as his intentions, and I wasn't able to really get a straight answer after either. So I don't know what the plan is there, but I know that they, they wouldn't rule it out. So I'm not ruling it out either. All I the, hope it happens. All the interviews at Beat the Streets, I don't know it's because it's, everybody's happy and it's just relaxed and the pressure is less. I don't, I don't know what it was, but all the interviews were really good. Um, and this pertains to Jaden and, and Suriano. 
Jaden was like praising Jordan Burroughs for like revitalizing the team and and stuff, and he was saying that you know that Jordan being there and wrestling Dake and, and Taylor and and then Taylor and Jaden had battles and um, he's saying that competition you know really revitalized everybody and made them work harder. Um, the same thing I think at fifty seven, all those guys. I mean, I hope Nick goes there. I hope, uh, you know, th- they're all going to make each other work harder, whether it's Dayton or Spencer or Thomas Gilman or Nick Suriano, you know. It's it's good to have those guys all in the mix. Yeah, so I, I hope he does do it. And I thought seeing him wrestle, and I know the weight allowance and situation was different. It's not like it'll be senior level. But I thought he looked small compared to Cologne. Cologne's, Cologne's uh, shoot, Cologne might be a 57 come Olympic time. He, I don't think he's going up. I think he'll have to figure out a way to shrink his body. But, I think um, a lot of those 61s are... I think pretty much every 61 has to go down. There's not, a, there's not a 61 where I'm like, he'll go up and be with Yanni and Zane. I think they're all way too small. But I could be... I could be not thinking about someone, but I, I think they all... like Even Nashawn, he's got to go down. He can't be a 65. So we'll see what happens there. I think we're just going to see a lot of really hungry 61s in 2020. Um, Jordan Burroughs wrestled Ben Askren. We didn't talk about that yet. I don't know if we've said those words, but it happened. <laughs> it was three minutes and 16 minute, uh, seconds of, of action that all slightly favored Jordan Burroughs. Um, it, was, it was a back-and-forth affair. Not really. Um, I don't know what you say other than, oh, what was awesome Afterwards, talking to Ben. Ben wants to do this again next year. He's like, but I'm not wrestling anyone that good. He's like, but he does want to do it again. So that that was cool. And it was great to see Ben have a, a good attitude about the whole thing. I think he... Hey, you know, I think, the, I think the salient point here to be made is that Ben... Ben did a lot for the sport and, and in a humble way. I mean, he was... He, he knew that he was going to get beat. He's a big star, man. And he he knew he was going to get beat, and he knew he could get quasi-embarrassed. And he was willing to do it anyway because he has the pull from another entity, right? And that's just going to illuminate wrestling a little bit more. So, I mean, kudos to that dude. And, man, I can't tell you. Th- this guy's motivation, Ben Askren's, how much of his motivation – lies with he just wants wrestling to be as healthy and promoted and as popular as possible he is so uh it's like his main focus like the whole this ufc stuff everything seems to tie back to wrestling for him it's really Mm -hmm. the guy the guy is as pure a, a, a wrestling person as as maybe there is right this guy just loves wrestling and wants to see it do well it's really really important to him and and it comes and it comes i think Wrestling fans see that as well, that um, how invested he is in the health of the sport. But the the times of him competing against the Jordan Burroughs of the world are are no more. Um, and he mentioned, you know, the timing and this, that. And he never even got – Jordan <laughs> – there was some speculation. Maybe Jordan's going to let him get in some positions. No. He did not let him get anything. Nope. He didn't let him tie him up. There was no – 
opportunity for him to do anything of any sort. Jordan was not going to play any of Ben's games and make it interesting and mix it up. He embarrassed him uh, in the wrestling sense, at least. I yeah, something. I don't. I don't. I'm not saying Burris was like lying when he said those things, but something seemed to switch where he's like, "This is insulting. I'm the king." You don't you don't step on the king's court if you're not taking it seriously, and I'm gonna mess you up now. Well, they were both smiling before the thing started, so I don't know how. Uh, I certainly they both took it seriously, but uh, I do well, wonder if something. I, I think if someone asked us a, a very good FRL question, do you think that Jordan seeing David get hurt was like, All right, I'm not mixing it up with this dude. Yeah, I, maybe. I'm, I'm gonna I'm just gonna beat him. I'll let it get out of the first, well, but that's it. If you haven't if you haven't watched that interview, that's not really an interview. It was one of the coolest interview post match things I've ever seen in wrestling. Jordan's going back, and typically, you know, you do an interview with one guy, you do an interview with the other. But Ben is right there. I'm like, Ben, just go in there, just just go in at the same time. And they nobody had to ask a question. They're just talking, and they break everything down. And and listen, Bert, Jordan had a game plan, right? Um, I. The only questions that were asked were, Jordan, was your plan to work from distance? And Ben, was your pl- what was your plan? Your plan was to try choke to counter out. something. He said he, choke yeah, him out. He, he did end up at choke him out, yeah. So, I mean, Jordan <laughs> took the match seriously. He he was just not, as Christian said, he wasn't going to play around. He wasn't going to get in the positions in which he was could be vulnerable. Yeah. So, but, but it was awesome. It was, it was really cool that it happened and appreciative of those, both of those guys uh, participating in it. Thank you. It was awesome. And uh, I think the community really appreciated it, even though it wasn't exactly a, a uh, riveting match. Thanks to both guys because you're the best. Uh, kick Masvidal's butt, Askren. Yeah. <laughs> he is so yeah. funny. Um, I mean, obviously, a pretty confident individual, Ben Askren. We're, uh, we're sitting there before – uh, we're in the NYAC basement where they have where they do have practice, and it's me, Bo Nichol sitting there, uh, Amy, his wife, and Ben, and we're just sitting. And uh, Ben and Bo start talking. Bo asks something about his fight. He's like, "You got a fight, or who are you fighting next, or something like fight related." And Ben's just laying there. He's like, "Yeah, it's gonna be really easy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill this guy." He's just like, "Casual's like, yeah, it's gonna be super easy," and he's like. <laughs> He's like, Bo, you probably know this. Like, you ever just put your hands on on someone, you grab them, and you're just like, this person could never do anything to me ever in anything <laughs> in the world. And so Bo's he like, had yeah. his. He's like, yeah. He's like, that's what he felt like. <laughs> well, he he rolled with them before. Yes, they. Um, I, I bet there's a not many guys Ben hasn't wrestled slash put his hands on put his yeah. hands on yeah. in some facet at this point in his career. And yeah, they they uh. I forget when it was. I don't know if he came up to Milwaukee or he went down to Florida. Or all these camps, all these guys, but they did a practice together, and he said it was just like he just destroyed him. So he he uh, he really thinks that's, it was funny because he says that, and Ben's wife is just like, oh my gosh, like kind of rolls his eyes like this guy is so ridiculous. But he's so all right. I, I believe him. I'm like I'm like yeah, he's gonna choke this dude out in the first. First period, he probably That's will. Excellent intel. You just gave great betting info to all of FRL listeners. Well, I'll say this: um, well, one, I owe you some farms. Two, <laughs> um, so 
cash in, get some farms, July 6th. But also, he he actually made that comment about um, – have you ever – I put my hands on this guy. I just felt like he could do nothing to me. He said that in the press conference back whenever that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's, he's, he's made that comment before. But he, uh, how casually he was like, yeah, it's going to be really easy <laughs> was – that that was that was awesome. Uh, <laughs> Ben's the best. Jojo Aragona smashed uh, Adam Buziello. Box jump. He box jumped onto the stage, which was yes, it wasn't big enough, and uh, I'm sure they'll make adjustments next year so that you don't have a couple people running off the off the stage next year. Uh, thankfully, no one got hurt, and it was it was all good. Mueller showed his uh, freestyle supremacy over pitch. He looked big. He, I, that's hey. what I said. Sitting there on the match, on the mat, it was like he is. So this is a different, uh, two different weights here. I'm not sure if something happened with the plus three. But he said he's gonna wrestle 57 at in Raleigh. Yeah, I tell you what, he might have been the happiest dude in the building. He was like <laughs> on cloud nine that that he got to compete, and I asked him, you know, 57. He's like, yeah, he's like, it's not that bad in freestyle, and but. Now, my question for you is, I think he looked great, and he made a U23 team last year, and pecking order, how, what, what kind of shot you give him in a field with, um, you know, to make final X, with, with, with the Gilmans, and who else is in there, Darren Cruz, and, and uh, who am I missing? To make final X, I'll be very frank. To make final X. Jack, I love you, zero. To yeah. make the national team, could he beat Vito? Could he beat Zane Richards? Right. Could he beat Darian? Sure. Right. That, I, I give that in? a serious chance. Well, basically, the question is, can he beat Gilman? I don't think so. I don't think he can beat. Not Gilman. at this time, no. I do not believe it. At this juncture, we do not believe that is possible. I think Uh-oh. respectfully. I really respectfully. like. Yeah, I really like what I saw. Out if of- Nikki drops down there, it's even bigger problems for Jack Mueller. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. Why are you doing this? What? He, he, Christian's doing the Bob Soriano voice. I've asked you to do this for I've asked you to do this for like three years and you won't do it. Now you just bust it out. I love yeah. it. You just... I will I do have a funny okay, guys, it is Mother's Day weekend, Sunday. Make <laughs> sure you take care of your mothers because they put up with you. Uh they put up mine put up with me. For thirty some odd years, and uh, wrestling moms are the goats. Yeah, they're they're the goats for sure. So make sure. But uh, it's funny Bob Soriano story. <laughs> Meet him. He gave me a heart attack uh, on Sunday. So go and say, go and say hey to him. You know, we're in the press conference, and it just ends. And we're you know we're walking around talking to him people. And I see Mr. Soriano, shake his hand, give him a hug. He goes, Happy Mother's Day. I'm like, Is that today? He goes, Next week. I'm like. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, all right. I was like, I'm not sure why he said that to me, but I, maybe just to give me a panic attack. Cause I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a nervous person sometimes. But uh, that freaked me out. But I'm glad it wasn't Mother's Day because I would feel like I'd be in two dog houses because Multiple. I uh, I have a, a wife who is a mother of two, and then my children, and uh, then I have my own mother. So that's that's over two. But now I'm out. Bob got me out in front of this. So. You have no sisters, right? No sisters, two brothers. I have a wrestling mom story, too, from this weekend. I was leaving the event, going back to the hotel, when I run into Ben Honus and his father. Honus. 
And they tell me they were cool with me saying Ben Ben Huss is a three seed. And they're cool that they said they said their mother was she went to rip my head off. It's always the moms. It's always the moms. Um You know who's gonna be an all you know who's gonna be an all time wrestling mom? Is Jessica Scott. Oof. She's gonna be a she'll be a decapitator. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna tell you that right now. She'll and she probably if she's listening to this, she's probably say yeah, you're about, uh, about right. Caramel Nero. Oh, I don't I don't know her. She's she she was pushing the stroller last year while Frank was wrestling Chamberlain and was more into the match than basically anyone that I mean obviously Frank's her husband, but like no, she she's gonna be on one too. Did you say Miss Gwizdowski? I th- I'm pretty sure Miss Gwizdowski went at your head. She, she, sit, she, is, sitting, she is sitting out to, with a bye to final X for the <laughs> wrestling mom. This, every time I talk to her, we have great conversation. But I remember it started this years is, ago. This is years ago. Um, <laughs> during the rankings, back when heavyweight was really, really good, Nick had not beaten anyone. He was awesome, but he, the way he was ranked, he wasn't ranked all that high. Like, he was, like, fifth or sixth. It was the year he won NCAAs. We had, like, a back and forth. This is back when we had comments before they got rid of those. We're, we're trying to get them back. Um, so I'm, like, going back and forth with Miss Wisdowski very respectfully. But um, it was not appreciated. Then she confronted me at the – I think it was the Wolfpack Open. Um, and then it was fine for a little bit then. Uh, and then last year at Final mm-hmm. X – She's mm-hmm. berating me, screaming at me on the call. <laughs> I'm commentating. Nick just made the team. He beat Adam Kuhn. And she's behind me yelling at me <laughs> while I'm trying to work. It was a uh, – Miss Krasnowski. Did you pick Wiz to win? No. No, I didn't pick No, that's Adam. why. He, that's oh, why she Oh, you, you screwed that, up. That, that was why. <laughs> And they were going bananas. Mrs. Krasnowski and I think her sister, it was Nick's <sighs> aunt. Jeez. They were – they were wild. What do you care? Like Listen, here's what here's what is so <laughs> baffling to me. I can't imagine the joy I would be feeling if my son <laughs> made a world team, and the fact that I'm yelling at some numbskull who picked against your kid. That's where your mind's going. Your kid's on a world team, and you're yelling. <laughs> the first your first thought is finally I can yell at piles. That is all time for me. That is. That is uh You're going to start another war with her if you keep going. Yeah, well, I was going to say. What the what? There's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can say. I've I've been nothing but nice to her. I don't I do not think it is open aggression to think that a person can lose a wrestling match. I don't think that is a war against a son or the Gwizda- or Gwizdowski's honor. Does it need to be established that Nick Gwizdowski is insanely good at wrestling? He's a two-time world medalist. He's a two-time champion. It's established. He's amazing. He's one of the best in the world. Are you anti-Polish? We should do, do it. Polish we should She's do it. What are you talking about? Our favorite, oh. our favorite wrestling moms. We should put out on Mother's Day. <sighs> hey, there were some good questions this week, though, huh? I know there really were. There was, um, there was some good ones. Congrats to Nick Wazdowski on his dominant win over Derek White. He looked great. Mm-hmm. He'll probably make the world team again. Um, that is what I'm predicting. That is what I will also predict. Um, hold on. We, I sh- we should at least say something about every match that happened. Uh, uh, James Green won. Looks, he was really moving Ashnault around earlier. It kind of changed a little bit towards the second period. I, I don't know how much of that was James just conceding positions so that he could uh, 
you know, just, all right, I'm not going to take any risk here. I'm up 8 nothing. That's good enough. But uh, Ashnault will – Ashnault told me he's staying at 70. That's his plan. So we'll see him mm-hmm. in trials at 70 kilograms. Can't wait for that. Jaden Cox was just like – Pat Brucky's good. And it's just like he was – you 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 hear it often termed like steps ahead of him. It wasn't just like he steps ahead of him in like wrestling. But like his brain was like, I know you're going here, and I'm already here. And like mm-hmm. before he finished a shot, he's Jaden looked freaky. Something something changed with Jaden, man. Something changed with Jaden. I don't know. Last year, around trials or final X time or whatever, Jaden looked tense and. I, I don't I don't know. He looked maybe angry. I, I told him afterwards, I said, Jaden, this is the happiest I've ever seen you. They're like, you're just having fun. He's like, that is absolutely true. Um yeah. and, and he also you know what I didn't realize? I remember just talking he's he's only twenty four years old. Did y'all hear <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to laugh, Willie. No man's wow. belly just growled so loudly. <laughs> Uh, everyone rewind rewind this. back 15 seconds hit that little back 15 button on your uh on the podcast app and see if you can I'll hear tell you what. see if you can hear that growl when's the last time you ate i bet this is going to be an last, audacious answer no last night i can tell you what yeah right that's exactly right audacious take i was going to say he hasn't said anything audacious the whole show so your gut was like hold my beer <laughs> all right i'm going to i'm going to get involved here <laughs> um let's step in all right. Um, CP, people want you to wrestle Gwiz's mom and beat the streets next year. I'd probably lose. There you go. <laughs> She'd probably take me out. There's no doubt. Um, Do we want to? The funny thing about the Gwiz story, back in the day, this is what, all right, our our, our beloved Nick Velikat, who is no longer with, with Flo, but we still love him. I'm going to say no longer with us. <laughs> no longer with Flo. Um, was, which basically he means he's dead to us. By Mrs. No. Gwizdowski. So what happened was, it was so stupid. Um, but before events back in the day, we would pick like the couple people to be on the graphics or do a countdown for or whatever. And before Vegas in 2013, when I basically <laughs> just started, I was like, you should have Gwiz on here because he is the he's one of the few guys that I really think can beat Tony Nelson this year and blah, blah, blah. I like went to war because I was like, Team Gwiz, all the way. I was like, this guy, he could really do it. I think he's really, really special. And Nick and I went back and forth, and he wanted Nick Sulzer on there. It was I can't believe how, how vividly I remember this. But I like went to war, and Nick Velika is a person that if you argue with, if you think I'm difficult to argue with, this guy will take it, will bring out the worst in you. To the nth he is degree, the, yeah. He is the, mul- he's the ultimate arguing. He, can get, he certainly knew how to get under my skin at that point in time. So we had a knockdown will- drag out in G-chat. It- he makes it terrible. He won't. You can get in the dumbest argument over not an important thing, and he will rip your life apart. He will look up and find out you t- got a C in chemistry and be like, "How smart can you really be?" Because yeah. you did this. Yeah, yeah. It's like Nick. That was sixth grade. <laughs> People don't forget. Yeah. So, anyways, I've I've gone to war for Nick. I'm Team Gwizdowski, even though the family may not actually believe it. All right. How did, he, how did he do at that tournament, by the way? He lost to Adam Kuhn. Okay. He lost to Adam Kuhn. How did he do at NCAAs that year? Did he beat Tony No, Nelson? I'm, I'm just curious how it went. How did Nick Solzer do? Oh, Gwiz did better than him, I'm pretty sure. Look it up. <laughs> you have no idea. I have yeah. no idea. 
I have no idea. But I was vindicated. I was vindicated by NCAs because that was my point. I was like, we need, we should be building Gwiz's profile here because he could, he could be a star down the line. Mm. Hmm. It's one of the last times I was right. 2013. Nick Solzer won the tournament. He did. Yep. Beat Mike Moreno in the finals. All right. This is all alleged. <laughs> There's no way to verify if that's actually true. All right, two questions. We were talking about Jaden. Let's get back to him. Connor Short asked a great question. What were your thoughts on Jaden saying he's the most underrated and overlooked wrestler of all time? Underrated. Um, I, well, first of all, I think in general, with Jaden's point, I, I actually agree with him. And it's something I sort of talked with him about at the U.S. Open. So Jaden Jaden Cox is a world champion. He's a three-time NCAA champion. He kept Kyle Dake and David Taylor off teams. Mm -hmm. Those guys are also now world champions. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then now he is a world champion. So he has done. Uh, he's an Olympic uh, medalist as well, right? So he's done a lot of things, and I think for the credentials and the things that he's done, I think he has a huge point. But so if people are asking why is he not? Why is Jaden Cox, who is as good a person as there maybe is in wrestling, right? Why is he not talked about like a Dake, a Taylor, a Burroughs, a Snyder, uh, even a Gilman, right? And I think there's I think there's reasons for it. I, I think it's a confluence of factors. One, Jaden is admittedly not a, a big social media guy. He's not a big fan of it. Correct. He's not out there. He's not someone who's really particularly interested in in building a big social media profile. Um, I, he doesn't have uh, maybe the full weight of, you know, the Rudis is all in on Kyle Snyder. It's just like he's like a, a big ad in Scrap Life with David. And, and, and you know, I'm not sure if Jaden's sponsors are like that forward with him and that putting him out in front of people the way those guys are. Additionally, he didn't wrestle for – he wrestled for a power program, but in terms of – how much exposure the wrestling community had. He didn't wrestle in the Big Ten. Uh, we didn't see him that much. If he wasn't on flow, you basically didn't see him. And towards the end there, you know, they, they didn't go to the scuffle towards the end. So you didn't see him that much, right? You weren't week in, week out. You saw Nick Seriano, Austin DeSanto, and David Taylor, and Bo Nick. You saw these guys wrestle every weekend, right, on the Big Ten. And it just wasn't like that for Jaden. He also didn't have a real rivalry with someone. Right? He was just kind of better than everyone. The Snyder thing never really morphed into a rivalry because it was just the one year, and then Snyder went up to heavyweight. So, uh, I think he also, that... Go ahead. He's also one of the few that... Um, and I think you're right on the money with all these. I think geography is a big part of it, too. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, he's also one of the few guys, when you talk about Dayton or... <laughs> I don't know. This is some of the some of the young stars today. They wrestled everywhere, like in high school. Jaden, we would mm. see like great point. We'd see at far they would they would see at Fargo, and that was it, right? Mm -hmm. And and um, the other guys you almost kind of watched grow up. That was something I, that I agree I was with that too. Going to mention well, where he was, he had this rivalry with Kyle Snyder in high school. But that was a that was about it, and you know David Taylor from a more power state, Ohio, right? More power program, St. Paris Graham. So it even started before college. Uh, I, I like CP, CP's point about him not putting himself out there, and then um, 
to to Willie's point earlier that he talked to him in this interview, this is the most comfortable and happy we've ever seen Jaden. And I think part of that is maturity, right? He's he's older now. He's out of college, right? So he's he's out of that realm. And he is a huge influence to the OTC guys, right? The, that EAP program. So he's he kind of has a more of a purpose now to to lead these guys and then take on um, shepherding the f- future generation. And then he wants to be a big spokesperson for Beat the Streets now. So he has not that he was purposeless before, but he he now has all of these things going in his favor that are probably allowing him to to be more of who he wants to be and more comfortable in who he wants to be and then slightly uh slowly increasing his social media presence and being around more and and just we see more of him so one thing i said to so Jaden is a guy that has a message and has a purpose and and something he's really really passionate about right Mm -hmm. but i'm like Jaden, you're talking to me about all this stuff where can people access your thoughts you don't put you don't you don't have a YouTube channel where you're putting this stuff. It's just like you just talk to people and you spread it, and that's a great way to do it. But for as far as maximum impact, right? You need to put yourself out there a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I think he's right, and I do still think, in spite of all these factors, I think he is underappreciated and under in the in the fact that um, that I think that Bo Nickel can make it interesting with him. Maybe that's audacious given what he's already proven he can do, and I'm not sure Bo. Maybe is ready. And something, a point that a, a fine wrestling mind brought up to me, I won't use their name here, but they're like, what, what is the track record for guys with lefty sweep singles against uh, Bo Nickel? And I was like, oh, wow, yeah, Zahid Valencia absolutely <laughs> destroyed him with this attack. Now, that was years ago, but I still think the, the point holds, and he hasn't wrestled anyone like Jaden in a really long time. So... Sorry to get off on that tangent there, but uh, I, I think Jaden has a point. I think Jaden should be much more appreciated, and, you know, maybe that starts with, you know, well, maybe Flo Wrestling needs to do a better job. Yeah. It's tough. Now, I, listen. We if, did do a film about him. I don't I know we did. That, that's one thing. We did a film about him, and I, when well, I first saw that piece, I was like, this is amazing. And it was like, it's amazing, it's interesting, it's, and it was one of the like, it didn't pop, that, which I never really understood. Willie, you're 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 right. And when we, the funny thing was, we have, I, I one one thing I'll say about us at Flow, we have great instincts collectively yeah. about what is going to do well and what is not going to do well. Mm-hmm. We thought when we when Bader came back and we had the the Jade stuff, we're like, this is going to be bigger, like Terry level big. And we put, I mean, our, I, I we put our full weight of energy and marketing behind it. We thought this is going to be huge. And for whatever reason, you guys did not consume, consume it, it and yeah. appreciate it near at the level we expected. And to, to this day, it, it confu- it's one of the more confusing things that has happened to me at this job. The day we dropped that, I was like, okay, we're going to – okay, it's going to go live in three, two, one. And I was like bracing – for like this influx of commentary and it just never came yeah it was i think you should go back and watch it if you haven't watched it before um but jane cox and he's he's always evolving too man he's a he's an interesting cat jaden has been and always will be one of my all-time favorites um he's he's one of the best there is and he's one where i have uh 
so they have these things called like flashbulb memories, right? Where they they stick out more for whatever reason. And I have more for his like individual wrestling, like three second snippets of his matches than maybe anyone. Yeah. Right. You have the forward sprawl um, when he back hooked the, the the his first beat the streets match where he back hooked the guy in where he kicked him. Yeah. Uh, and just the the way that he beat uh, Brett Farr when I wrote that article, um, like kind of poking the bear that Farr was going to beat him at Southern Scuffle. So. Jaden just has all of these different things, and it's just this confluence of when you have a guy who is tremendously, tremendously talented with an other with a, a coach who has a different mindset that's really matched up well for Jaden, and then a guy who works so hard and, and like Christian says, has this purpose and this this mission and and um, is very strong to his values. You just have this incredible person, but for whatever reason the masses haven't latched on to him the same way. Yeah, I don't get it. Get get on board, folks. Um, okay, that was a good question. Next question. Um, given that the entire FRL team hails from back east, would Flow Sports consider creating a small Flow Wrestling HQ in a city like, say, Pittsburgh? It's closer to your homes and to a lot of good wrestling. Might save in, a lot in the travel budget. That's from Will the Thrill Band, who I'm pretty sure has been communicating with my father, who's been talking about this since, oh, the day <laughs> I moved here, uh, trying to figure out a way for us to, for me to get back east. But no, I don't think that'll ever happen. I think we'll all probably always be in Austin, Texas. Never say never. Sure, it makes sense, but it makes sense for us to be under the umbrella of Flow Sports because there's a lot of things that are happening here that you guys probably don't realize that how much we work together with things that are non-flow wrestling specific, right? So I think we'll probably always be in Austin, Texas. And if I can't be back east, I'm glad I'm in Austin. Um, is it true that Flow Nats next year is going to get rid of bout numbers and instead have gout numbers? Bold if true. That's from Chuck McNuggs, Willie. Hey, hey McNuggs. I'm about gout free right now, people. Give me I'm a break. Willie. Don't. I'm, Willie. Dude, no, no. Willie, what are you stop. talking about? What are you talking about? All right, hold on. Sunday. I'm good. Sunday morning, you were in the emergency room getting 36 cc's of ragu removed from your knee. And I have the pictures to prove it. 40, 45. 45 cc's, cc's of, of prego coming out of your kneecap. It was disgusting. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, nasty. so don't give me this. <laughs> I couldn't walk. <laughs> you couldn't walk. I you almost didn't go to beat the streets. You were out free. Get Mr. Goutfree was on crutches nah, Monday. It is Thursday. Now he's bout Goutfree. I know. Nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to run a half marathon at 2.30. Yeah, right. You're not even day by day. You're like good. hour by hour. You're hour to hour. Well, here's the thing. I, I started taking the medicine they gave me. I was anti-medicine at first, but then I couldn't. Walking is better you than, maybe I just, just, I'll take the medicine so I can walk. I'm not even going to say what I want to say. I'm not even going to say. Yeah, I know you're going to say, I am the dumbest smart person, right? Or something like that. Yeah, I, that's I, exactly what I say. I, you're the biggest idiot with intelligence I've ever met. Total idiot, I, but you're smart, which makes it even more confusing. I don't, yeah, no, I got some stupid theories. Like, I didn't want to take, I didn't want to take something to take away the pain, just to take away the pain. I want the root issue caused, uh, root issue solved. Okay, well, and the now, doctors like, didn't say that it was just for pain. The doctors did. Sometimes was just, that was I just second a crazy, guess doctors. That was a crazy theory you made up in your own mind that it was only for the pain. The reason the pain's going away is because the gout is getting fixed, Willie. 
That didn't dawn right. on you? All right. Fine. How I'm many good, years though. are we away from Willie having a live-in nurse? How many? I'm setting the over-under at none. nine. None? I was going to say nine and a half years for live-in nurse. You say none. You're about nine to have years. one. No. I'll say under. I don't need a uh, Under nine years, you, you're going to have live-in health What are you talking about? I'm telling you, gout changed my life. I'm going to start working out, and I'm going to start doing things right, and uh, it's going to be good. It's, gout have, was the best thing that ever happened to me. Speaking oysters, of the best things that ever happened to you. Did you have speaking of the best the things that ever oil? happened to me, I did have oysters. Which are you not good to have. You know what I had that You know what I had that day? Lunch, sushi, dinner, oysters. That mm. That men that menu looked like a Waffle House menu. It looked very risky. It looked like a Waffle House sushi place. Well, it wasn't. It was a little establishment I like to call Hooters. Oh, <laughs> you got sushi at Hooters or oysters at Hooters? No. Oh. Oyster Hooters has good oysters. Oh. Hey, uh, I hope that's not code. Speaking of. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's there's, not code. There's, has, there's so no, many things I, never, I miss references. I was like, I know, and that's just the funniest part is that you don't even know if it's a reference or not. <laughs> Kyle, the reference is normally clam, but okay. Oh lord. <laughs> oh god. Got it. Hey, there he done. He done did it. <laughs> Kyle, listen. This is not a question. Okay. From the pe from the people, this is just a question for me. Do you have a name picked out? No, no name picked out. Steve Jr.? No. That gonna, would make you Steve Sr. Not going to be a junior. What about, what if you just named him Junior? Junior Brackey. <laughs> junior Dale Brackey. I think you should have saved your dog's name for your child. Because Hank Brackey would be badass. What if we just named the kid Hank Brackey Jr.? What if he was He's Hank? He's the junior of the dog. <laughs> he called Hank Jr. That would be the dope. <laughs> He would probably Hank Jr. would have a great country music career. I would, I would guess. Mm -hmm. Be a family tradition, some would say. All right. <laughs> Actually, but while we're on the gout topic, uh, Brock Desert, who's a pretty good question asker, says, "I know Willie gets crap about gout on here, myself included. But you mentioned you looked a little slimmer last show. Would like to give a positive word and a congrats to getting a little healthier. Who would HR ha Hawkeye Report have to blame if you weren't here?" Which is definitely true. They would definitely find someone because those are some paranoid individuals who always have someone to well, blame. Nomad would just take up the mantle. Be nomad. Think. Yeah. They've tried at different points in time. They tried to get most Wait. of us fired. It's the question: If I died, who would they start to hate at Flow? There's no question. There's no question. He just wanted to encourage you in your oh. quest for uh, health. Oh, okay. So thanks, just, yeah, thanks, say, Brock. Yeah. I love whenever I go to Iowa and I run into a fan or a dad or something, they're like, you guys need to stop looking at those Hawkeye Report guys there. We we know they're crazy too. And it's like, well, this, that's... You're right. I've done, I've done so much better about that. It, there was a time... Listen. I, there was a time in my life where I bet I I didn't go three hours in a day without checking. I, uh, Hawkeye Report, BWI, the Matt Forums, the WrestlingTalk.com. I would just be constantly right. there just all the time. Going. Now... I still couple do. Of, a couple of years ago, I I was able to wean myself off. I vacillate between thinking who is the worst, mm -hmm. but I think the it title has officially been taken. The Matt forums are the worst human beings oh, on the planet. They horrible. they win because because well, at least Instagram commenters are still the worst. But as far as message yeah. boards go, yep. message the thing with Instagram is they're just 
they're just young and they got a lot of gumption. The people on no, the mat forum are actually dumb. No, that ain't gumption. That's not no, gumption. it's it's bad no, no, gumption. No, no, no. no, Instagram is just that's just straight up. They're naive and they're stupid. And the problem is Still nobody intense. has to nobody has to fact check anymore. Like, are there is no recourse? Like, if you're just some Joe schmo on the street, if you're a 22 year old kid that thinks. Your stuff don't stink, and you can say whatever. You can just say whatever you want, and there's absolutely no recourse for it. You don't get in trouble. People say you, they'll respond and say you're stupid. You don't care. Uh, be an idiot. But the mat.com has become just a troll central. They all just they all just rile each other up. Yeah, that's all there. I don't go there except Spay put a hilarious. Yeah. Anyways, I don't even want to get into it. Um, sometimes I get screenshots of the Met forums in our Slack channel. The, there's some funny messages in there that I, that's about my only, uh, Spay loves it so much. Spay loves it. I don't know why he, because he is at his very core, a troll. Yes. True. But more so not- than a wrestling fan, more so than a wrestling content more person. More so than a human. He is more troll than at his, at his very soul. <laughs> Spay wants Did to just see? troll people. That is that is his essence. Did you see essence. his tweet this morning? Did you guys see his tweet this morning? Christian will appreciate it. It's quintessential Andrew Spay. Vintage Spay. <laughs> Who said something like, I love to pack to go away on trips. There's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing I'd rather do. I can't. I just don't want to stop. <laughs> I love putting clothes in. I never want what is your favorite thing about traveling? For me, it's packing. I love to put clothes into luggage. I never want to stop. It's the best. I, he is he is so funny. Um, okay. Where's, oh, that's right. He's going to Vegas. He's going to Vegas for a, a friend's uh, birthday. I think it's at Chuck E. Cheese. R.I.P. to Spay. Yeah, Spay. Man. <laughs> Poor decision on his part because Spay, when Spay goes – he goes turbo time. He gets a little. <laughs> oh he gets God. a little banged up. Even if he's not part of the turbo team. And Spay is a house, right? If you've seen him, Spay is a big dude, right? Big guy. But when he goes, he goes. But that puts him out of commission. He's not a young man anymore. It puts him out of commission <laughs> for a day or two. And we're going to Raleigh on what Next Wednesday week. or Thursday? He says he gets back Sunday, I think, which is good. And he's gonna be recovering. About the time he's going to have to leave. His skin. So. All right. So every time he wrestles, every time he goes on a trip with Bader, Bader <laughs> figures out a way. They get um, a little wild, and Bader makes him wrestle him. He has no skin rowdy. on his feet because they wrestled in the South Point <laughs> hotel room. He has no skin on his feet. It hasn't regenerated yet. So he's already he's going into this Vegas weekend a little injured. Back to the questions. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but you know you love it. I wish you knew Spay a little better because he's, he's the freaking best. Um. Why is Yanni, asked Liam Volk-Kloss at the grind 73, why is Yanni dominating so much in freestyle? Ease of scoring, mentality? Well, I don't know if he's dominating. He's, he's beating really good guys. Ease of scoring, uh, I think that's a good way of putting it. It's easier to score in freestyle. Um, but I, I don't really know exactly why because it's basically just neutral stuff. It's stuff that's all available in freestyle, I think just freestyle just necessitates more things happening, and the more things ha- happen, the better things happen for Yanni. Mentality is certainly a big part of it. The guy wrestles with tremendous freedom and confidence, and, and all of that. So I think it's confluence. Yeah, he doesn't get you a lot of like belly or mm-hmm. like 
stuff like that that's freestyle exclusive. What, Willie? What also was interesting, when he won in Vegas and he's like, this is this is my weight, uh, it, like it was interesting in that he believes he can go now. Right. You know, I didn't know that he really knew that. Yeah, it's good that or he felt knows. that way. It's good that he knows. Uh, Adam Pressler, supposing the two-hour weigh-in for duels as well as tournaments is approved, is there any good reason for coaches and teams not to feature the best matches? Spoiler alert, there's not. <laughs> well, he's right, but there's also no reason the other times for them not to end with the most premier matches, and they just don't do it. They want to start at 125 and end with Matt Voss versus Conan Jennings. I don't get it. Don't do I don't it, like it, but it happens. And for whatever reason, that's what the coaches want to do. Nothing. We can't do anything about it. Yeah, I don't, we've talked about this. Yeah. Um, you know where we stand. We don't this. control it. Um, Brad <laughs> asks, can I get some uh, tips from the greatest mind in relationships at K Bracky on how to start a family? My dog and I are getting lonely. I would not recommend using the dog. Oh, my Jeez. God. What, what is your deal today? You're a sick freak. <laughs> hey, okay. Um, I don't know. I feel like you should talk to Willie about the first date tips. Oh my and then gosh. Well, his, well his, then we'll circle back. His question uh does not lead to a family. Uh apparently cuz his family. That's I true. know, but you I mean, his you don't want to have family fam- prevention. That's you true. You don't want to have family right out of the shoot. No. I mean, your first question, I mean, as audacious as my question is my first question was, are you on birth control? Are you in the pill? Conversely, the, the, the alternatively worst question would be like, can you want to have a kid with me? Yeah. I mean, you don't say that in the first date. There's, it's a delicate dichotomy some, between somewhere, somewhere between, in the middle. Can you get pregnant and can I impregnate you? You got to find some sort of uh, happy medium there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. If Trent Hidley and Nick Reiner are the Beefcaking up to eighty four ninety seven. Who is a better one two punch in the country than at those weights? Well, I would like to submit to you one Maxwell Dean and uh, Benjamin Darmstadt. That would be a better one too. Uh, and probably whoever Penn State has will be better, just because I don't know who it'll be, but they're probably gonna be really good. Just track record. Yeah, I'm so far in freestyle mode, I cannot think. I know that was question. a little curveball there, but we got to give the people love college wrestling. Got to give it to them. Uh, right. 97. I don't know. I think that's it. Uh, uh, what is now Foster graduates? Nebraska has Vince Schultz. I don't know. That'll be pretty yeah, I'm good. Too out of it. I think that's Vince Schultz uh, level. Okay. Last question from Sparky Sparky Boo Man. <laughs> Max Max Star. <laughs> Who has the why, highest ceiling? Why, why would you? Why would you make her? Why would you make her Twitter? Is this a grown? Is this a grown ass man? He's got facial hair. Is Sparky Sparky Boo Man a grown ass man? <laughs> Who has the highest ceiling for world and Olympic success right now in America? Forget about past credentials. Credentials for the moment. Who has the potential to reach the highest peak moving forward? Well, maybe Gable. Um, I think Gable. <laughs> I think Jaden Cox. What Sparky? You're <laughs> our Sparky fun, Boo man. It's just a funny name. 
It is funny. And it's funny because I wasn't ready for it because his name is just Max Star. Yeah, that's normal. Um, <laughs> but then I read the handle. It's Sparky Sparky Boom Man. Willie, can you help us get back on track? Who, I'm who has the highest pissed. ceiling? I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> He's back. He's out on questions with friends. Jaden, maybe it's Jaden. You know, Jaden is maybe someone that can, you know, it's he's got to beat someone really good to make an Olympic team. But I think he his ceiling is absolutely insane. What he how he picked up Patrick Brucky, that doesn't mm, happen. Mm. I was talking with uh, a little name drop here, Pat Downey the third. You may be familiar with him. He won the U.S. Open. He's like, I don't even know how you even think you can try that. He's like, I don't know how he thought he could do that to him, and then to do it, it was like. Freaky. It's one of the more audacious throw attempts that I've seen. The, the one that always sticks out in my mind, Gitsalov wrestled Gudisov, and I want to say Medved in 2016. And Gitsalov tried, like, the straight over-the-top WWE suplex where if you, like, pause it at one point, both people are, like, you know, 12 and 6. Mm-hmm. And that qu- didn't quite go as expected, neither did Jaden's, but just, like, the audacity to be like, I have this much horsepower that I am a freak and can throw another 200-plus-pound human like a ragdoll is insane. Biceps alone, Brucky's a lot to pick up. All right. Anything? If, you, if you stay at – if Yanni stays, can stay at 65 for like – I mean, if he can stay at 65 for a long time, he could be the thing. Here's my thing yeah. with that. Here, here's why I don't say Yanni, even though maybe – He's like the best wrestler there is of the bunch in terms of just doing wrestling thing. I just think when we're measuring it, I feel like 65 always is going to be insane, and it's just going to be hard to have longevity there. Like longevity in that I go on a John Smith-like run, even though John Smith did it at a pretty pretty close to that weight. I think yeah. it was 63. I don't know. That's just my 62. thought. Like 65 is just always going to be in flux. I mean, it's been so in flux for, for how long? There's like no order there. Yeah, there's been a lot of turnover. He commented on that too. Yanni did. Yanni, in his interview, he said, "You know, the he's like winning the open was fun, but the goal is to beat foreigners number one, and number two is to bring stability at 65 because we haven't meddled there in so many years. We haven't meddled there, but also like there's no stability in the hierarchy of 65 in yeah, general. The the, right. the world level. Yeah, changes. I mean, I would agree. So it's it's wild. Um, wow, what a show! Nine thirty-three. What you got, Nomad? Nomad's uh, burning to say something. I would like two things. First of all, I will be leaving shortly after the show. We're going to Women's Nationals, the event formerly known as Body Bar. So we will have Cadet World Team, Junior World Team, U twenty-three World Team for our women. U uh, fifteen also, I believe, does World Team. Uh, so if you want to support our ladies, go ahead and watch that. Um, you know, Becca Leathers and Mallory Velte. We just saw them beat the streets. They used to make Junior World Teams. Uh, and then I just wanted to uh, – something that came out yesterday or maybe two days ago, A.J. Ferrari, number one pound-for-pound pound high school kid in the country, number one on 2020 Big Board. He put out his school list, and then the next day we got a picture of John W. visiting him. So um, That is that is noteworthy. Uh, so some of these um, schools, they have their very specific about, you know, all right, this is the recruiting person. They did that. For John to do a home visit I think is, is pretty – Pretty dang telling about their interest mm-hmm. and investment in, in uh, Landon AJ Ferrari. So pretty oh, interesting. I, I screwed this up because I, I even wrote it down that I wanted to make these points. To to the point of women's nationals, uh, 
Amity Lord, 69 kills. Kenny Blade, 73 kills. Two of the, the best young talents in this country. I would like to see them at who's number one this year. I don't know if that's possible given the weight difference, but I think if we're going to have another women's match, who's number one, it should be that. Uh, and then with, Absolutely. The, with regards to the, the Ferrari thing, he if you look at uh, his school list and Braxton Amos' school list, there's a lot of crossover. So uh, I think that those two are going to play out. Their, their recruiting is going to play out intertwined, and that's a match we might see at who's number one. That would also be awesome. And I know I who's number one's we'll, a ways away, but we're already thinking about it. I think we'll get that one um, for sure. Well, hey, I want a little factoid, a little fun factoid for the uh, fans. Love them. Me and Bader went up to Body Bar one year. On the way back, we were driving through Waco. There was a there was a there was a biker shootout. Oh yeah. And there was like ten people died, or seven people died, or something. They had just resolved it the other day, <laughs> like a, two weeks ago. Really? Not one not one human being was charged with anything. <laughs> they literally were like, we can't figure out who did what. They just filed it under boys will be boys. Yeah. Wow. There were dead bodies everywhere. They're like, well. What are you going to do? They come back to court. They're like, wait, we're still talking about this one? I read the the article in the, like, the prosecuting attorney's office was like, yeah, like, no one will talk to us about, like, what they saw and everything. So we can't figure anything out. It was just chaos. Snitches get stitches. It's true with biker so gangs. Like, we're just going to give up on this and forget it ever happened. Yeah, you don't talk. Oh, boy. Don't talk to the feds. Okay, that's it. Um, snitches get stitches, and it's time to go. Caleb, right? Caleb was ready. I didn't have to say it. I didn't have to ask for it. Caleb just knew. He just knew it was time to go. Sparky, Caleb. Sparky, Boo Boo. <laughs> boo Man. Use adult names. Use adult names. We go on Tuesday, Wednesday next week. Due to travel think, schedule. You know what? We're going to ask him right now. Yep. We need to do Tuesday, Wednesday, because Thursday we're headed to Raleigh, North Kakalaki. Can't wait for that. Thank you so much for tuning in. Sorry we couldn't do it Tuesday. We were in the New York groove, headed back. Now we're back for now. And uh, thanks so much. We'll see you next time.